Welcome to the Concierge Weight Loss Podcast, where I empower you to achieve your weight loss goals and live a healthier, happier life. I'm your host, Kara Hackelman, a dedicated weight loss coach and advocate for positive change. Join me as we dive into insightful conversations, expert tips, and inspiring stories to help you transform your relationship with food and your body. Get ready to embark on a journey of self-discovery and sustainable weight loss. And don't forget to stick around until the end for a special call to action that can kickstart your transformation. Let's get started. I am Kara Hackelman. I am a weight loss uh, and life coach and uh, owner of the Concierge Weight Loss, um, where I help women just like you lose weight for the last time. So typically people have a little bit of an issue. We have so many of these fun diets out there these days that it makes it a lot confusing and a little bit impossible to live up to the standards. So we're going to talk more about that this month, but today, all right, today I want to kick off. We are going to do the summer freedom challenge. And so with that, each week I'm going to bring you some freedom type weight loss topic that we're going to break free of. This week I have for you freedom from food urges and cravings, right? That one is one that hit hard for me when I was learning because I was so used to answering every urge, every craving. It was my body's way of saying what it needed, right? I wanted to answer it. I wanted to give my body what it needed. And so I'm going to teach you real quick today how to kind of break free from that so that you can be in charge of your own weight loss. So let's get started with that today. Let me make sure I have last thing on. Yes, I do. And if you are listening to this on the recording, just remember, I record these every single Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. I love when I have people on live with me so that I can answer questions in real time. It helps me know. Sometimes everything makes sense in my brain, right? If uh, if I'm the only one on here, then I'm the only one who gets to ask the questions. So I would love for you to join me 9 a.m. Eastern Standard on Facebook or Instagram. All right, so let's start breaking free of the food urges and cravings. There we go. I've got it all set up. So they feel like these urges or these cravings. And I looked up what the difference between the words were because so many people use them interchangeably. People use them um, like one is your body telling you, one is like you just having this instant like urge craving. You think of like a, a woman um, that's pregnant, but like truly most people use these words interchangeably. Some people like to use cravings as something that's even more intensive, like your body telling you you need it or like only one thing is going to ever settle for what you want and you have to have that thing. Um, urges, sometimes people use that one a little less intensely. It's kind of like, oh yeah, that looks good. And it's more of that lower energy. There is not a huge definition change between these two words. So you use them however you are going to use them. There's not a right or wrong way to talk about urges and cravings as what the definition is. So you use it however you want. But that's kind of what people look at is the urges are kind of like the first sounds good, looks good. Cravings are like, gotta have it. And so that's the kind of thing that I've um, kind of grown to understand is 
where people are coming from with that. So I'm going to use them interchangeably today. Typically, people tell me they have a grip. Like that craving, that urge has a grip on them. I have to have it. And the big part, they feel powerless to that urge. They feel powerless. So they feel like if they don't have it, I don't know, the world's going to implode or I, I don't know what's going to happen, but something has to happen because they have no power to resist it. No power to say no. I have, I have a desire to have it and so I have to have it. Um, they also feel like it's so hard and that it's, if they were to resist it, it like to just say no, to answer the urge. Here's the thing. We talk about answering the urge or the craving. And the thing is, there's more than one way to answer this. You can answer it with a yes, I'll eat that. Or you can answer it with a no. So people sometimes will tell me, oh, you should sit with the urge. I don't want to sit with that. That's uncomfortable. Well, what they're meaning is, just recognize it's there, not fight with it, but not answer affirmatively. So I would like to challenge you to answer with a no, not now. So I'll talk more about that in just a moment, but most of the time they feel it's hard. They'll tell me that it has immense control or it takes so much control that they're just feeling like they're not capable. And it, they definitely, everyone tells me they think it has to require a huge amount of motivation to say no to an urge. So when you're feeling victim to your urges and thinking, they called, I must answer, I must feed them, there is no choice, just take a moment and think about it like, like it's a telephone call. How many times have you ignored a telephone call? How many times have you either shut it up or you just let it ring? Back when we used to not know, like, would the person know that I dismissed their call or now like if I hit a button that's not just silence if I hit the button to send you straight to voicemail are you going to know I sent you to voicemail and, and I didn't want to talk to you so we'll just let it ring so that they it doesn't send them to voicemail there's so many different ways to answer so that's what I was talking about so whether you sit there and just oh tear yourself apart this is the hardest thing I've ever done to not eat this food that I want and I don't know what your food choices are but like when I am like um, I have family from the South. So when you got a hankering, when you, when you really have something you just really, really want right now, then it's usually for me like a salty and a sweet. And I just rotate those things back and forth. Um, so that's kind of what mine would be like. But the idea is, is that you do have a choice. And just like with your telephone, you can choose to answer the phone you can choose to answer the phone and say, not now, I'll have to get back with you tomorrow. And so that one's a fun one. Think of this whole urge deal as a telephone. How do you have so many different ways to either answer a phone and talk or answer the phone and say not till tomorrow or don't answer it at all, ignore it, or just sit and wish they would stop calling and dread it, complaining that all the telemarketers are coming after you, right? You can decide how you're gonna answer the phone. You get to decide how you're answering this urge. And so a lot of times for me, if I would say no in the beginning, I thought like, that is so depriving. I, I should be allowed to have this. I wanna be a normal eater. Well, normal eaters are also battling their weight for their whole lives. I don't want to be normal anymore, but I also don't wanna feel deprived. So a lot of times for myself, and I hear this with a lot of my clients, my uh, weight loss clients. 
if they can give themselves permission to put it on tomorrow's plan, it's a good enough for today. And a lot of times by tomorrow, they may or may not even want it anymore. So tomorrow, maybe it doesn't seem as exciting because it's not fresh out of the oven. Or maybe tomorrow, you know, everybody at the office has already eaten and they no longer are pushing the food at you. So whatever it is, can I wait till tomorrow? Can I put that on tomorrow's plan? A lot of those can I just, you've probably heard me say. So a lot of times I'll answer that urge, that telephone call with, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll, I'll address you tomorrow. I'll put you on the plan for tomorrow. And if I still want, if I still want to eat that, I'll have it tomorrow. And in tomorrow, when that happens, all of that brain drama, all of that urgency has calmed down. And I no longer have to eat it right now. I no longer have to have it. It can be my choice again. And so that's really nice because if it's feeling like it's not your choice, then what you're going to do is you're going to eat it like there's no tomorrow. You're going to eat it like you never intended to lose weight in the first place and that you are just eating to be eating. So you get to decide how that telephone call gets answered, how that urge gets answered. And so, like I said, you can, you can eat it. You can say maybe tomorrow. You can sit and dread it, which is probably what a lot of people have done if they weren't eating. Or you can just, like a, like a loud child, I hear you. I'm still not gonna, I'm still not gonna do the thing you want me to do. And so, as I have learned in my weight loss, my 60 pounds of weight loss, I have found out that when I become the parent, like whenever I say, I said, no, I'm not doing this. Like, and it's just a matter of actually making the decision. Whatever that looks like, I have made the decision. And so when I make the decision, what happens is that I no longer feel like I have to have it and all the urges start to quiet down. So when the urge quiets down, then all of the excitement and the whiny and the, and the complaining like you'd have from a small child, all of that calms down too. So, all right, so with this, let's see. So I wanna talk about this concept. It's called over-desire. And it was introduced to me when I was in coaching school. And so I had not heard of the term over-desire. So sit with that term for just a second, over-desire. When I was uh, hearing this, I thought, well, isn't desire something you want anyway? So over-desire is something you want more than you want to be uh, having it. Like, so over-desire might be, okay, this one's going to be crass, but I'm just going to share it. You're walking down the sidewalk and you see a very attractive person and you are a married person who has said that we are going to stay, you know, just in our marriage. We're not outside our marriage like people do sometimes. And so we have seen an attractive person and we do not have over desire. We may find them attractive. We may be able to notice like they've got some nice shoulders there or, you know, whatever you're attracted to, but you're not over desiring it. You're not over desiring where all you can do is look at every single person going down the road. You're not thinking all the time about all the things you would do with that person. You're like, yeah, I have an appropriate amount of desire. I find them attractive and then we move on. 
Over desire would be consuming your life with looking at that person. Over desire would be like imagining what you would be doing and not honoring your marriage vows. So that's what over desire or even doing the things because if you're contemplating it so hard all the time, then you're probably going to want to do it even more, any of those things. So we'll just leave that to your imagination. But that would be over desire. So let's bring this back to food. So desire is, oh yeah, I love chocolate. Over desire is chocolate has a hold on me. I have to have it. If it's in the house, I'm gonna have to eat it all. That's over desire. Over desire is taking control. It's over desiring. I have this goal that I don't want to be having upset stomach. I don't want to have sugar all the time. I eat sugar. I like having chocolate. I love chocolate, but I don't want to be over desiring chocolate that if some of it was in the house, I feel like I don't have any control of myself. That would be over desire. I have goals for weight loss. I have goals that I don't want my joints all stiff and nasty. Whenever I have too much sugar, it creates a lot of inflammation in my body. I get bloated and my, my hands swell up. I don't feel good. So if I am over-desiring chocolate, I'm probably going to be more tempted than just saying, oh yeah, I like that. I have that sometimes, right? And so over-desire, it's that word. I had not thought of that before. So an urge or a craving, how much are you desiring it? Is it like, oh yeah, oh, that would be good right now. And then you pass it on? Or is this an over-desire where all you're doing is thinking about that thing? It's a demand right now for it. So it's more than just liking food. It's the now factor, right? So I said a second ago, I would do uh, my urges. They usually had some kind of emotional thing tied to them. And I would go and it would start with either a sweet or a salt. It totally depended on what was going on. And this was when I was indulging in over-desire. I truly would get to a point where I had to have something and not just something, I had to have a lot of something. And so I have a uh, another podcast guest coming up who's going to explain to us exactly what binge eating is. But I would have binges. And I don't want to classify big or small binges, but like some people have really large binges. And I would have this frenzy going on. And what would happen is I would eat and I would rotate. It would be a rotation of sweet, salt, sweet, salt, sweet, salt, back and forth with multiple things. And sometimes it would look like the whole carton of ice cream, followed by a whole bag of chips, followed by a whole bag of candy, followed by a whole bag of beef jerky. And I would either stop when I was sick and absolutely miserable, wishing I could probably get sick and get rid of some of this, or I ran out of food. And so that was what my binge looked like. And then I would be miserable and it would follow this whole shame cycle of what I did and how I didn't align with my goals and who I wanted to be. And I would beat myself up. Why can't I stick to my plan? Why can't I do this better? All the things. And so if that's something you do, or if you have um, an urge, put it in the comments. I want to hear what yours is for sure. But I would have this binge cycle that would happen with sweet salt. And like I said, until I was either out of food or until I was absolutely miserable sick. So over desire, it's created, 
it's created both physically and mentally. I wanna explain that to you because we wanna blame it on the mental side of things. We truly do, but there are some physical things too. So I wanna start with that. So over-desire physically so that we understand how we might be setting ourselves up for some urges, some craving, that over-desire, okay? So with the over-desire physically, sometimes it is like we've heard like, um, let me think of a good example. We're dehydrated and so we're wanting extra salty foods. Or maybe the over-desire is this craving that we have low iron, especially women. Sometimes we'll get low iron counts and with that low iron, our body is like, I need some red meat. I am craving a steak. Uh, my best girlfriend, she, is, she was, uh, what is that word? where you don't eat meat, vegetarian. She was vegetarian for, I kept wanting to say diabetic and I knew that was the wrong word. She was vegetarian for years, but if her iron counts got low, she was craving like a steak, a hamburger, when like never before she had. And so your body can tell you things. So listen to your body, figure out, is this trying to tell me what I need or is this just me wanting something? And so when you get really good at listening and then asking it questions, right? So that part will be helpful. I'll help you with that in just a moment. The other part of this physical over-desire is hormones. And so depending on what you're eating, sometimes you're skewing your hormones to be louder. So we have hormones. I've talked many times about insulin and leptin and ghrelin and different what cortisol, different things in our body that really affect our weight. And there's more, but those are the main ones that I talk a lot about. And so when you're eating foods that are going to be higher in insulin response, higher in the glucose, um, what happens is it kind of askews everything. And so what's going to happen is our body likes fast, easy energy. And so when you're giving it glucose type foods, so sugar foods, you know, carbohydrates that don't require much effort to break down, your body's going to want more and more of that. And so as it wants more of that, it says, this is easy energy. It's fast and super easy for me to use. I want more of that. It is going to give you a physical desire to have more and more of it. And like for me, when I had not really changed what I was eating, I was having more of the carb simple carbohydrate type foods, bagels and things like that, cereals in the morning. And I wasn't having as much of the vegetables and the proteins and the healthy fats. And so my body was saying that it would have high peaks and low valleys. And as it did that, it would have, um, it would, it, I would get, uh, I, they called it hypoglycemic. And so I would, I don't know if I ever was, nobody took my blood sugar at the time, but that's what they called it. And I, the doctors, and um, I would pass out. I would pass out if my, um, when my insulin, like my insulin would drop, my sugar levels would drop. I, uh, not my insulin, but when my sugar levels would drop, I would pass out. Sometimes I would, I would start to see stars. It would kind of black out a little bit. I would get that jittery shaky and not jittery shaky. Like I've had too much sugar, but like I need some. And so there are physical over desire symptoms too. What happens is when we're feeding ourselves that, that steady stream of sugar, it's, it's making it so that your body truly wants that. 
And so when your body wants that, it, it does, it creates an entire physical sensation and your hormones, your hormones, it's not like, oh yeah, you just have a hankering and your body's like, yeah, give me some more of that. It is, it is a huge response in what's happening with hormones and your glucose, your insulin. And so our hormones are designed to tell us appropriate amounts of how much and when to eat. So we have um, a ghrelin hormone. It tells our body, hey, I'm hungry. We have a leptin hormone and it says, I've had enough. And so if we are having extra insulin in our body, those, those hormones don't um, get listened to as well. Our brain, I always have to think how to say this accurately. So our brain will misconstrue, misconstrue the, the, what it, the hormone is telling us and it blocks it. It won't even hear it. So we can have over desire physically based on what our hormones are doing and what we're feeding our body. So you do have control over some of these hormones. And I wanted to start with that physical one because a lot of times people think I have no control over this. And you do have control physically first, right off the bat, what you are feeding yourself routinely. And so as you feed yourself lots and lots of sugar, you get lots and lots of urges and cravings. When you stop feeding it, you'll have less. Not saying you're not gonna have any, but you just have less. So let's go to the mental side of it real quick. Over-desire mentally. So that's like, I have not practiced feeling in control around food. I used to think I had no control whenever chocolate was present or I had to have at least three or four pieces of pizza if we had it. So that's the kind of stuff with over-desire like, over mentally. So the indulge with no concern for consequences. In you start saying, I'll do better tomorrow. You're justifying it. You're thinking a little bit won't hurt. I've been so good, I deserve it. So these are those thoughts that we tell ourselves to justify why we're having it. And so that's when you're given into it. And then if you didn't have it, you feel restricted. You feel deprived. You feel like um, it's just, if you didn't, like, how do I describe it? If you, it feels perfectionistic. So if you were to have it and you've ruined your goal, You've ruined your weight loss, so you might as well just eat it all. And so it has to be black or white for you is the perfectionism side of this. So, and it, it the over desire, it feeds into these thoughts that you're having of how it has to be one way or the other. You have it and you're good or you don't have it and you're bad. And it the over desire just keeps feeding into this. So learning how to manage these thoughts, learning that there's a place for everything. I have a couple clients that I've worked with over the years and it they only felt like they um, could write a plan if they could 100% stick to it. And the plan doesn't mean that the world stops if we didn't follow the plan. The plan is in my best moment, I'm going to make a plan for what I really think would serve me best for the day. What do I want? What does my body want and need? What do I think maybe will get me to my goal? And make that plan ahead of time. And so I was talking to, um, I'm in an advanced weight loss certification right now. I wanna 
um, beef up my coaching ability. And so I was coaching for my class the other day and this lady was having me coach her in front of the instructor, a whole group listening, you know, to critique you and give you lots of positive feedback. And so as I was talking to her, she was talking about how she could not make a plan because somebody else would come along and her mom make her dinner. And in her brain, if she didn't have control over her mom making her dinner, she wasn't even going to put forth effort to make a plan. And so with that, we tried to talk about like whether you wrote whatever your mom's plan is. These are just these are just uh, choices. And so you can decide I'm not making any plan. I'm not going to do my weight loss at all because I don't have control over everything. That is so sad because you have control over so much. You have control over plenty to be able to get you to your goal. So in this particular instance, what happened was she didn't know what to plan. So when we don't know what to plan, sometimes we pick other things. So like we'll put, um, let me give an example, maybe like meat and vegetables. That's what we put on the plan. So then when mom comes over and cooks and she does meat and a carbohydrate that we did not plan, we think, oh, well, I can't, I can't, I can't follow my plan because that's not what's offered a meat and a vegetable. We think that's a carbohydrate and we're all done. So we're terrible if we ate it and we're terrible to mom if we don't. And I'm terrible to myself if I, you know, I'm not following my weight loss plan. It's not even worth doing if I can't do it right. That is so much intensity right there that nobody wants to follow that. So it's just about your best choices. So in the moment when we're having this over desire for food, see how it can carry over into so many other areas. It, it makes you question all of the idea of, can I do anything? Can I do it and lose weight? Can I do it well enough? Am I enough? All of these things start happening when we indulge in over desire. So what I like to do as I'm working with my clients, I do, I coach them on we talk through this and help. So the lady that felt like she had no choices and that she was not making a plan, so she just never showed up for herself because someone might generously come along and give her a carbohydrate that she didn't put on her plan. You have a choice. You have a choice at all moments. What is your best choice you can make? And sometimes it's gonna be to eat the cookies. Sometimes it's gonna be eat the carbohydrate that mom unexpectedly cooked for you. And other times you're gonna say, I'm really okay. I'm just gonna eat the meat or I'm, I'll have that tomorrow. So as we work through some of that mental, it's gonna start to empower you. It's going to allow you to feel like you have choices and that you're in control of those choices you're going to get to make the decisions for yourself. The over-desire is gonna be the whiny, cranky kid who's asking again and again and again. And as you stop avoiding the emotions of, you know, the having to deal with having it or not having it, making it a big deal, you start dealing with those things and it's gonna be like the kid who you've said, now I've told you no, I'm not, I'm not, we're not doing this. And now that the kid knows that Mom's not going to change her mind. The urge knows you are not going to change your mind. It changes everything. It makes it quieter. Not that you're not going to walk by and be like, oh, that smell of fresh baked bread or whatever, you know, triggers you. You're going to be like, that smells delicious. That, yeah. Or I'll buy some of that and maybe I'll have some tomorrow. Or maybe you're like, I am going to have a little bit now, but it doesn't trigger the ice cream and the chips and the beef jerky and the candy and all the things like it used to with me. So 
you get to be in control of that. And it's a practiced habit. Your brain wants to continue the reward of the behavior. So if the behavior is that you're always giving it to yourself, it's gonna continue that behavior. If you are practicing the behavior of saying, I do what I say I'm gonna do. I give myself really great food to eat that I love, and I'm gonna give myself that tomorrow. Or I'm gonna have a bite of it now, but I'm not, it's not any reason to throw me off forever. That's the kind of stuff coaching is. And so I help you with that. That is exactly what I help you with. So I help you gain control using mindful eating techniques. So is it something you really love? Because if all you're putting is like protein bars that you don't even like on there, thinking that's what you need to lose weight. I have um, one of my relatives who's getting ready to start doing uh, Atkins. And she was telling me how she needs to go to the store and buy all of these um, snacks and certain foods and things like that. And I thought, and it's hard for me not to just go in and be like, listen, love, this is what I want you to do. I want her to learn how to eat foods that she loves so that she can just continue eating them in a way that will maintain her weight forever. Not go in and have to buy a bunch of junk at the store. So mindful eating matches up. Do I really love this? Do I like this? And how can I eat it right now so that I am feeding my body what it needs and not overfeeding it, not creating over desire, not creating um, weight gain so that we can manage our weight. Managing your thoughts and emotions. That's another thing I help with. Manage those. We talked about that. And then identifying and being aware of triggers. And so certain events might trigger you. Um, Thanksgiving for most people is going to be a time of triggering, of eating all the things and uh, with complete abandon. So changing habits, that's the kind of stuff I do. And learn to desire things appropriately in a way that will allow you to lose weight and feel completely in control of your choices. So that is what I do. So what's next? What's next is I want you to keep following me each week this month as we work through the fear, the, the fear, the freedom series, completely different words, right? Freedom from diet mentality and from others' validation and fear of uncomfortable feelings. We're going to talk about everything freedom. And I cannot wait to have you there. So make sure you're marking your calendar every Wednesday this month for, at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be on Facebook and Instagram. The other part I want to make sure is that you run and get my free five-day quick start course. Quick start to weight loss. It gives you the basic four simple steps that you're going to need to be able to lose weight. And so you get started with that. That is how I lost so much of my weight before I even started working with a weight loss coach. So I want you to have that same gift I have. Take that free course, get yourself started, and let's do great things for you. I'll see you next week. Bye. That wraps up another empowering episode of the Concierge Weight Loss Podcast. I hope you found inspiration and actionable insights that will propel you towards your weight loss goals. If you're ready to dive deeper and accelerate your progress, don't miss out on our free five-day quick start weight loss course. Head over to coachingcara.com forward slash free course to gain access to a wealth of valuable resources, guidance, and support. The time for change is now, and I'm here to guide you every step of the way. Remember, your transformation starts with a single step. Take that step today and unlock the life you deserve. Stay tuned for our next episode and remember to keep striving for greatness.